I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Oh, that shit is on? <laughs> Let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always dressing, I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose And welcome back to another episode of Life in Paradise Podcast With me, your host, Brandon Harper Today is Sunday, February 26, 2023. Coming at you from sunny South Texas. It's about 78 degrees outside. Partly sunny, beautiful Texas winter. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with, others you won't, and I'm perfectly okay with that. The world would be a boring place if we all agreed about everything all the time. I encourage people to listen to what I say and then go do their own research. Because if you don't, you're just regurgitating my words. I kind of talk about lots of things that are happening in the world, but I generally try to take a different angle or a different viewpoint from them. Also, if you've ever thought about looking for a new hammock, now's the time. Today's episode is brought to you by worldsbesthammocks.com. If you're looking for a new hammock, it's the place to go. Literally has the best hammocks in the world. Where else can you own the world's best anything for under $400? Nowhere. And this is about the time that the rambling ends and the show begins. If you haven't figured it out by now, there's one thing I do not do. That's pre-recorded intros. So sit back, relax, and give me the jumper cables to your brain for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. You know what? Now's the time. Now's the time we change this up. So sit back, relax, and let me have the jumper cables to your brain for about the next hour. Day by day is more impossible to cope. I feel like I'm the one that's doing dope. Can't keep a steady hand because I'm nervous. Every Sunday morning I'm in service, praying for forgiveness, and trying to find an exit out the business. I know the Lord is looking at me, but yet and still it's hard for me to feel happy. I often drift when I drive, having fatal thoughts of suicide, banging get it over with, and then I'm worry free, but that's bullshit. I told y'all I was going to do it. You thought I was playing. You thought I was just talking nonsense. From this point forward, the intro will say for about the next hour. Unless the show reverts back to 30 or 45 minutes, henceforth, the announcement will be one hour. And there you have it. Got some interesting things to get to today. I will admit I almost did not come on here. I almost decided not to podcast. And I almost decided to go to the beach instead. But then it was kind of windy outside. And I didn't want to deal with all the sand. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to create something today. I'm going to be productive. Although I was extra productive yesterday in Beerland, we cooked like 600 pounds of crawfish. And here's what's really crappy is that we sold like maybe 250. (laughs) And that's how it goes. We lost our ass on a crawfish boil. Never, ever, ever try to get into the crawfish business. That's how it goes, you know. You can't win all your bets, but if you're not betting, you can never win. So we took a bet, boiled crawfish, tried to sell them, and it flopped. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure we were going to sell all the crawfish by 3 o'clock. We started selling at 11.30. There was a line at the door. I thought, here we go. We nailed it. We're going to hit it out of the park. And all the people that were lined up at the door just ordered barbecue. (laughs) And they sat down inside and they ate barbecue. And outside, we had the Cajun music going. The crawfish was boiling. We had cold beer outside underneath the tent. And people wanted to sit inside and eat their brisket. And that's just how it goes, you know. you got to give the people what they want. Unfortunately, there's no way to know what people want. <laughs> unless you try to sell it to them and learn the hard way. Which is what we did yesterday. So, I was extra productive yesterday. 
I've enjoyed being rather lazy today. I will not deny the fact that it's been kind of a lazy day. And every now and then I have those, and I'm not ashamed of them. Everyone has them, but some people just lie and say they don't have them. But here we are, another Sunday recording, another podcast. Listen, if you listen to this show and I don't have your phone number and my cell phone, I would like for you to email me. Please email me at brandontheharper at gmail.com. brandontheharper at gmail.com. If I have your number in my phone, you can text me if you want to. Maybe give me some feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Not that I'll necessarily change a thing, but I'm open to criticism and I'm open to constructive feedback. Unlike our president, or your president rather, Joe Byron, who's not open to constructive feedback. In fact, when people answer him questions and it paints him in a bad light or he's afraid it's going to make him sound silly, he just walks away. He walks away like a four-year-old. Okay, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to the... The more of the Biden stuff in a minute. First, I want to talk about something that it comes up every now and then. I feel like it's important to put it out there, clarify things, because, you know, listening to this show, if you didn't know me or listen to a lot of the shows and you hear some of the clips that I play, there are some people out there that would make assumptions about me. I don't really care who they are, or what they think. None of that matters. But I do feel like it's important for me to put put things out there that are somewhat controversial or people are unsure about or you know there's reasons why people won't share my show but they like it because they don't want to get judged so i want to throw some disclaimers out there actually just one one disclaimer and that is i do not think any words should be taboo i do not think that the n-word should be something that we all cringe over well actually you know what it's a personal decision if you want to cringe over the n-word that is your decision but in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, it's just a word, and it describes people, and it may or may not be accurate. And that is the exact same thing you can say about every adjective. And remember, hopefully you're not so binary to think that just because I don't think a word should be taboo does not mean I think everyone should running around you uh, calling people that name or using that word that's those two are mutually exclusive and it takes some detribalizing in your brain to understand that it's okay to think a word is mean and it's also okay to think that we shouldn't discourage people from using certain words but what's happened is that we've bastardized words so much we've created such a a negative stigma around words right just just these sounds that come out of our mouth that people use to describe things or people. We've created such a buzz around that word that it's built into a, a mentality or an anger that's built up inside people. And there are people out there, whether you believe me or not, there are people out there who think that using words such as the N-word justify an ass-whipping or a beating or to hold someone down and smash their face with a bottle or a brick. There really are these people out there. Personally, I don't think there's any word that should be off limits. There should be no word that creates anger in people. Now, we we have taught people to be angry at words. We have taught people that, that this specific word is so bad that you can retaliate with violence. The old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me is long gone. We can all agree that that's, that's a thing of the past because there are people out there who think that people who use the N-word should be physically harmed. And throughout history, there have always been words that offended people. There was four words that weren't allowed on network TV because they were considered to be offensive. Or actually, I'd be willing to bet when they established these words, everyone agreed that the words were crude or, or rude, right? Now, we're saying what people should and should not say because we're worried about it being offensive. What gets me is that we're only worried about a certain group of people who are being offended. We're not worried about everyone. We're, we're worried that this word, this one particular word, may offend a small group of people. And I understand that it might. 
and and I agree that we don't want to use words that offend people, but I do not agree that we should allow words to create such a negative stigma about themselves that we're willing to induce harm or violence in retaliation for using those words. There's a reporter on CNN named Don Lemon or Don Lemon. I don't know his name. He's a gay black man. He's been known to use this word quite frequently. And I'm about to play a clip for you, and he's not gonna he's not gonna say the word, so don't worry about it. But in the clip, he talks about problems that he sees within the black community, and and what that's leading to. This clip was from 2013. Now, we can all speculate as to why, but I would be willing to guess that he would never say the things that he said in 2013 today. He would never go through and accuse people of color for certain things being wrong with them and encouraging them to fix that in order to change their state of life. And so all we can do is ask ourselves why. Why is it that he he was willing to say these things nine years ago, but he won't say them today? And my theory on that is that We've bastardized this word so much and we've used it to create so much division. So not only are we terrified of offending black people by using that word, we're now terrified of offending black people by criticizing things that they do within their culture. In my opinion, people should be criticized no matter what. No matter if they do something that's within their culture or it's multicultural or it's subcultural, if people are doing things that we think are net negatives on either society or the well-being of their culture, we're now to a point where we won't say them because we don't want to offend people. And it's not that we just care about everyone's feelings and we just want to stop people from being offended. It's, it's specifically pointed towards a small group of people we don't if the masses are offended then people are willing to say things but if you say something and it targets a minority of people within the country then you're considered some kind of racist or whatever the the phobe word of the day is right transphobe xenophobe homophobe every there's always a new phobe every every week and for the record i learned this the other day i i learned that transphobe okay Phobia. We we were taught we were taught that phobia means an irrational fear of something, right? We were told that arachnophobia is irrational fear of spiders. That that you're fearful of spiders when you shouldn't be, and that's that's the term that we used for phobia. A fear is something that's rational, right? You don't have a phobia of heights. You have a fear of heights. A fear of heights is legitimate. It's a rational thought because there's a chance you could fall off. And if you fall off, you could splatter and die. Now, a phobia is an irrational fear. So if you have a fear of bugs, if you had a bad experience with bugs when you were a kid and a cricket lands on your shirt and you start flipping out and screaming and freaking out, well, that's a phobia. It's an unfounded fear or it's irrational because crickets can't hurt you. But what I learned the other day is that whoever's in charge of all the words and definitions has now redefined transphobia as not people who are fearful of transgender people, but people who dislike them. Not it's not you don't have to be scared of them. You just don't like them. And now you're you're a phobe. And it just blows my mind how we just change definitions to words along the way. And how are we supposed to keep up with this? Right. I didn't know that. I was explaining to someone why someone might have transphobia, and I was told, no, 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 you've got it wrong. Transphobia just means you don't like it. And I looked it up, and they were right. In a modern urban dictionary or whatever it was, transphobia now means, it's like saying, um, it's like saying sexist or racist, like that you, you have a, a negative outlook a negative viewpoint of trans people. And I'm just, how we got here is beyond me. Okay, but going back to Don Lemon, the CNN drama kid who used to always use the N-word, but doesn't as much anymore. And about eight, nine years ago, 
he listed out some things that need to change within the black community. Here you go. About two minutes long. Because black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. And if, if, if this doesn't apply to you, if you're not doing this, then it doesn't apply to you. I'm not talking about you. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Walking around with your ass and your underwear showing is not okay. In fact, it comes from prison when they take away belts from the prisoner so that they can't make a weapon. And then it evolved into which role a prisoner would have during male-on-male -male prison sex. The one with the really low pants is a submissive one. You get my point? Number four now is the N-word. By promoting the use of that word when it's not germane to the conversation, have you ever considered that you may just be perpetuating the stereotype the master intended, acting like a nigger? Now number three, respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem now. It's an historically black neighborhood. Every single day I see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away. Just being honest here. Number two, finish school. You want to break the cycle of poverty? Stop telling kids they're acting white because they go to school or they speak proper English. A high school dropout makes on average $19,000 a year. A high, a high school graduate makes $28,000 a year. A college graduate makes $51,000 a year. Over the course of a career, a college grad will make nearly a million dollars more than a high school graduate. That's a lot of money. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. Now, here's what's odd to me. I always talk about how political spectrums and viewpoints change over time, right? We've talked about Barbara Jordan and how the left used to condemn illegal immigration, and now they condone it. So you can only assume that back then the right must have condoned it and the, and the left condemned it, okay? Now let's go to this Don Lamon video clip and talk about it. That was eight years ago. What's weird to me is that eight years ago, I, I would have agreed with everything that he just said. Here's what's odd. He wouldn't say those things today. At least I don't think he would, right? We have no way of knowing what he would and would not say. I suspect he wouldn't say these types of things today. But I would agree with him today. And I agreed with him yesterday. So he's been the one who's changed. He went from, I'm willing to say what I think the problem is within this community and how it can be changed to, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that anymore because we don't want to be offensive to black people, or he feels that they're being persecuted, and so he doesn't want to contribute to the negative image that he feels like is being projected onto them, and so that's just an illustrator to show how much division has occurred, how much people have been taught that under no circumstances do you say that word about people. And then what has built upon that, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I'm just a knuckle-dragging former construction worker, barbecue maker for a living, is that it, it, it continues to perpetuate. We're not allowed to criticize them. Not only are we not allowed to say one word, but we can't even criticize them. We can't point out the things that different communities are doing badly within their, within their own culture. And if we do, even if the statistics support them, the, the people will call us racist. And that's what I always say. This is not going to end well. This isn't going to just right itself. The ship isn't just going to turn around. How it all shakes out, I have no idea. I can't even begin to speculate. I don't know. But I know that these sorts of things... We don't just go back on the same route and sing Kumbaya. Only a couple different ways will this change. And that's if some huge global-sized cat catastrophic failure or natural disaster comes around. we got to all band together. We put aside all of our differences. We lean on each other to survive. 
then it will end. Or it will end if we split and there becomes a war fought over these issues. And those are about the only two ways off the top of my head that I think things will change. But I do think that if everyone was willing to to commit to themselves to not be racist, then we could stop and, and maybe things would change. Because racism is something that, it's a man's heart. It's something, the, the way someone feels inside. And I think it's, a lot of times people are mislabeled. Now, I'm not, I'm not being a... Racism sympathizer! At all. I don't, I, I condone racism. I hate it. I cannot stand it. My father was a racist. I hated it, and I still do. But at the same time, we have to be able to criticize behaviors that go on regardless of what community they take place. And I'm not saying that only minorities have problems within their community. Every community has problems. That's why we should be allowed to point out things from every community. So, yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, we shouldn't bastardize words because we're trying to protect people. We should allow people to fight their own fights. Now, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about people can defend themselves against words. That's it. I apologize. I didn't mean to go that long. It just kind of went on a tangent. But you know what? Watching all these clips of Don Lamont and these news anchors who, you know, most of them are terrified to say the wrong things because they want to keep their jobs. And it's just now gotten to the point where news organizations are taking sides and they have to present. It's no longer fact-based. It's a lot of emotionally driven journalism. And I'm beginning to realize that the, the, the people, and this isn't a recent phenomenon, I've just begun to realize it, the people who are presenting the news are really like former drama kids. They're not, these aren't, and listen, I'm speaking in generalities. I know that, generalizations, I realize that. There's always anecdotes. But for the most part, the people who are reporting news, they're not critical thinkers, they're not analyzers, they're not statisticians. There are people who are really good at being on camera. And unfortunately, the skill set that it takes to be good on camera is not necessarily correlated with someone who's very good at dissecting data, right? Presenting data and dissecting data are two totally different skill sets. And so, in my opinion, we're allowing these people who are not good at understanding, processing, and dissecting data to present it. And by default, it's now gotten to the point where they're allowing their emotions to to contribute to the presentation. And because media companies have figured out how profitable division is, they encourage this by their journalists, quote-unquote journalists. It would be nice, in my opinion, for the people who are presenting data and viewpoints and topics to be extremely knowledgeable. I don't think it's, in my opinion, it's not valuable to have one anchor or one presenter talk about everything. It'd be nice to have, hey, this guy, he does all the news on economics. This guy does all the news on immigration. This is where you go for your news about immigration. And you have one news channel, and they're presenting everything that's happening in the world of immigration. And you have another news channel. This is all the crime statistics from all over the country, city by city, what's happening, what rules are taking place. Yeah, I don't know. I just had a, an odd vision of a topic-based news system whereby the people who were presenting the data actually understood it, and they were the researchers. It's important that we keep in mind that these people who present news are just actors. Last week, I think I closed out the show. I don't know if I closed it or opened it. I don't know. With the song Dirty Laundry by Don Henley, former member of the Eagles. And I'm going to read to you some lyrics from that song because it's really what got me thinking about how these news people that thrive on drama are twisting twisting our brains by pushing narratives. I know that sounds kind of tinfoil hat-ish and hokey-pokey, but that can be me at times. You know, that can be me. Okay, listen. I make my living off the evening news. Just give me something, something I can use. People love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry. Well, I could have been an actor, but I wound up here. I just have to look good. I don't have to be clear. Come and whisper in my ear, give us dirty laundry. 
Kick them when they're up. Kick them when they're down. Oh, you know that part. All right. We got the bubble-headed bleach blonde who comes on at 5. She can tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. It's interesting when people die, give us dirty laundry. Can we film the operation? Is the head dead yet? You know the boys in the newsroom got a running bet. Get the widow on the set. We need dirty laundry. You don't really need to find out what's going on. You don't really want to know just how far it's gone. Just leave well enough alone. Eat your dirty laundry. Dirty little secrets, dirty little lies. We got our dirty little fingers in everybody's pie. We'd love to cut you down to size. We love dirty laundry. We can do the innuendo. We can dance and sing. When it's said and it's done, we haven't told you a thing. We all know that crap is king. Give us dirty laundry. And that is the lyrics of Don Henley's song, Dirty Laundry. And to me, it's quite clear from that song. It's, it's always been a thing that news reporters are just digging for dirt. They're just looking for something that stirs people up, gets arousal, gets people at each other's throats because that's what sells. And now, because we have the ability to do that on the personal level, we have the ability to rile up anyone and everyone who gets online. And so that's all leading towards this. We're all at each other's throats. Everything's binary. You either hate us or you love us, and we're all going to kill each other if you don't agree. I know that's being a little bit extreme, but that's kind of the direction that I see that it's going. Once again, the only solution that I can think of is for every single person to make decisions about themselves using their own brain and not worry about what other people think. Because if you have faith in your convictions and you are sure how you feel inside your heart then you should say whatever it is you feel compelled to say because no one should be able to scare you away from sharing your opinion that is the true meaning of fascism how you like them apples boy all right moving along that was that was a long rant i felt like it was kind of two or three bullet points in one rant so I will just leave that at that and go to the next topic. 31% of black children live in poverty compared to 11% of white children. The natural average is 18%, which suggests the percentage of black children living in poverty is more than 150%. Speaking of great communicators, recently, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, Pierre Jean, what's her name? I can never remember her name. Jean-Pierre, blah, 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 the, the White House spokesperson came out and said that Biden is the best communicator in the White House. That's that's what she said. Does anyone really believe that Biden is the best communicator? Through an international effort to pressure. You know? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. Yeah, there's no way he's considered the best. You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? No possible way. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You think I'm playing? You think I'm kidding? Yeah, here you go. Here you go. Kareem Jean-Pierre, whatever her name is. I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. So when a drug deal was going down, she picked up the phone and call and say to that police officer with a cell phone that the drug deal is going down, knowing that she would never be fingered, knowing what? that she would never be the one what? told it happened. And so crime began to drop. They had to know who the local liquor store. They had to know and walk in and shake hands with the local minister. They had to know 1.2 billion. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in, in, in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. What happened? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred. No, there's about 16 there. I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more grass. Another 20 or so. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. 
When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the Maryland Oil Company back in the turn of the, <laughs> in the 19, 1920 in that area. I've never heard that They one. went from state to state convincing people that they put allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them okay, around. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is what he reminds me of, okay? This is when Biden speaks, this is what I think of. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That when he starts rambling and mumbling, that the little kid about the dream comes into my mind. Imagine if you'd gone through life and you didn't know anything about politics, you hadn't kept up with anyone. But you knew what the phrase good communicator meant. And then I played you the clip of Pierre St. John, whatever her name is, Corrine Jean-Pierre, saying that he's the best communicator in the White House. And then I played the clips from him. Would you believe her? (laughs) No possible way. Or you would think if he is the best communicator in the White House, I want to hear the worst. I want to know what the worst communicator sounds like because there's no possible way there's anyone in the White House that is worse at communication than him. Speak softly and carry a big stick. End of quote. I promise you, the president has a big stick. End of quote. Repeat the line. End of quote. Repeat the line. Oh, this is a good one right here. The, you can't say kleptocracy. Remember that one? Their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. 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 Kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. I'll say it. I'll say it. I wish I had an all access pass to the media in like Russia and China. I would love to know what they say about Biden. I really would. You know, I, I wonder back in the day if other countries respected American leadership, if they looked up to him, if they if they played world leaders, if anyone ever chose to be the president of the U.S. And and now it's become a mockery, a guaranteed right. They're making fun of things like the White House press secretary saying he's the best communicator in the White House. And they're making fun of things like the nuclear energy cabinet member who's been busted stealing luggage from fashion designers, a man who's stolen women's luggage and wears them with high heels and lipstick on, okay? I wonder if they're making fun of the fact that we have guys in the military that wear dresses, right, who are supposed to be the biggest and baddest and most tough sons of bitches we're supposed to have. I wonder if they make fun of the fact that we shoot ourselves in the foot By slowing down U.S. oil production, so we have to go over to our enemies with our hat in our hands and beg them for oil. I wonder if they make fun of that, because I would. If I was China, you know, honestly, honestly, if I was China, I would probably be taking the equivalent of my podcast and putting it on the airwaves. And that's what you call intellectual integrity. I'm not so prideful that I'm not willing to slam the leader of our country because he needs to be held accountable. And here's the thing. I don't think... Now, when Obama was president, I wasn't as much of an adult. I didn't have the eye for politics. I didn't understand how things work. So I'm kind of saying this out of speculation. But when Obama was president, I didn't have any complaints. I didn't have a lot of complaints other than I disagree with the policy that he's putting forward. And he's being somewhat divisive. He says that all black people look like him and whatnot. But regardless, other than those few things, I don't think I would have been able to pick on him as hard as I pick on Biden. Because I just disagreed about policy. He was mentally stable. He was he was still able to think and process things and communicate. But man, 330 million people, and this is the best that the Democrats can come up with, for real? For real, for real? Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Okay, time to move on from Biden. That's enough Biden pinata for one day. 
I've got an amusing story for you. Sometimes I feel like you might want a break from Biden bashing. So I try to bring you some glimpses into my boring, lonely life. I was driving to work the other day. My typical route, I have about three different routes that I go. One of them I call my typical, one of them I call my Sam's route, and the other one I call my HEB route. As I was driving past the countless vacant downtown buildings that are turning into zombie hotels where all the homeless people hang out, I I was driving past them. I came to a stoplight. This particular stoplight is like a zombie magnet, right? They're the people where all the homeless hang out and the drug addicts, the crackheads are out there. Some of them are sleeping, some of them are under a blanket, some of them are just baking in the sun. But either way, I came to the corner where they all hang out. And some of you may be thinking, Brandon, that's not nice to make fun of homeless people. And we'll talk about that in another show. Just listen to the story. This is a good story. I thought it was good. So I'm sitting there at the stoplight. There's a lady in a wheelchair. She looks rather disheveled. Let's just call it that. She's very dirty. She has dirty clothes on. She has a lot of what looks to be like trash attached to her wheelchair in various forms or fashions. And she had a dog in her lap. And the dog was a little chihuahua, and it had a harness on it, and it had a leash. And the leash was attached to the back of the wheelchair. But she had the dog in her lap. And I look over, kind of something caught my eye over my left shoulder, And this other dude, who I I presume was a crackhead, now he may have not been, he may have just been off work that day and decided not to go work at his his stockbroker's job. But either way, he had face tattoos, and I think he had like a torn up t-shirt, and his pants were tied up with a rope, he had one shoe on maybe, I don't know, I could have the details wrong about him. But he had lots of face tattoos, I know that for sure. He was very skinny, you know, one of those people were like, their shoulders stick farther forward than their tummy. You know what I mean? Like, he could look kind of like that. And he runs up to the wheelchair lady, and he starts wrestling the dog out of from, from her control. And he rips the dog out of her hands. He's trying to unbuckle the leash. And she's screaming, and he's screaming, and they're both hollering at each other. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go get in the middle of this. <laughs> Probably the worst thing I could have done. At that time, I threw the truck in park. I run over there and I go, hey, what are you doing? And talking to both of them at the same time. And she's like, he's trying to steal my dog. And he's like, no, it's my dog. And I'm like, why are you guys fighting over a dog? I've never fought over dog ownership in all my life. But nonetheless, they were fighting over who owned the dog. And so they're screaming at each other. And this guy, he had the dog in his possession. He could have just run off. But I don't know why. He felt the need to stand there and and participate in my street-side homeless court of canine ownership. And so I go, hey. I was like, put the dog down. He's like, what? I go, put the dog in the ground. And he just, he obliges. He puts the dog in the ground. I said, step back. He stepped back about five steps. And I said, both of you guys start calling the dog to you right now. (laughs) They both start calling the dog. And one of them is calling the dog. The the girl in the wheelchair is calling the dog Sandy. And the crackhead guy with the face tattoos and no teeth is calling it Chiquita. And so they're calling the dog different names. And Chiquita goes straight for the crackhead. Didn't even look at the wheelchair lady. And so he scoops the dog up and says, thank you, and just starts storming off. And she's sitting over there in her wheelchair going, oh, my God, my Sandy, my Sandy. And I'm thinking, what just happened? Maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe he wasn't supposed to have the dog. I said, but you know what? The dog went to him. We got to trust the dog, right? So he was, and I looked over as he was running away, and he was kissing Chiquita on the head. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe it was her dog, but maybe he's going to take better care of Chiquita. For whatever reason, Chiquita went with him. So now the crackhead has got himself. He got Chiquita back. All is good. He's got his dog, little chihuahua in the harness. And the wheelchair lady, I don't know. I've never seen her, and I'll probably never see her again. And there's a big part of me that wonders if she really needs to be in a wheelchair. I don't know why, but that's typically where my mind goes. Hey, I 
ain't going nowhere. I'm still going to be right back in the streets. You dig? Because I'm innocent. I don't care what nobody got to say. Whole white baby, bruh. No, no nothing on. And his parents still ain't showed up yet. This baby in the middle of the Fidra Highway, bruh. Whole white baby, bruh. We out here on the Fidger Highway with the whole white baby in the middle of the road. It's a baby out here in the middle of the road, bruh. I never seen no shit like this, bruh. We on the Fidger Highway, my nigga. We on the Fidger Highway, bruh. It's a baby out here, bruh, on everything it's in okay. the middle of the road. Speaking of babies being left, <laughs> there was a story last week out of Houston. Where an individual robbed stores, I think it was a Dillard's or a Foley's or a Macy's or something like that, ran out with a bunch of clothes. Upon being confronted by the police, this individual ran off and left they baby, left the child behind. It was pushing a stroller, I guess, when they were stealing things. And so they got caught, and instead of stopping and taking their licks, they left the baby <laughs> they left the baby and then listen the story gets even better fox 26 news out of houston published the story that the lady left behind the baby and then the lady took to facebook posting a response saying that the only reason they posted she video is because they white racist and they wanted to get more likes and ha-has Good evening to you. Thank you for joining us. I'm a police sharing these surveillance photos of a woman accused of shoplifting and then leaving her child behind while authorities chased her outside Deerbrook Mall. Fox 26's Matthew Seedorf posting these pictures to his Facebook page tonight. Matthew, I understand you're now receiving a video response from a woman who says she did it. Yeah, Rashi, just crazy. This is something I've never seen happen before. I made a post on Facebook. It was then shared by Grizzly's Hood News, and then a bunch of people started tagging a woman they thought they recognized from the surveillance pictures, and now she's responding with a very emotional video. How did I get my baby back if I left my baby at a store? In a now-deleted Facebook Live tirade. Drop the name. Tell them who it is. A woman accused of shoplifting and abandoning her child while running from police responds to the accusations. Not only did I steal the world, no, I steal. That ain't a surprise. It's a damn It's walking around. That's what I do. That's what the I do. So that, that ain't. That's what I do. I just steal. The world knows that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living this way? The world knows I steal, and that's just what I do. Surprising to nobody. The woman online goes by Takesha, reacting to a post I made on Facebook. It's just crazy to me how y'all wait. How these ugly white folks wait this wait, long whoa, whoa, to post whoa, whoa, something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was you that? Wait this long to post something. You post up trying to get money. How y'all wait? How these ugly white folks wait? Ugly ass white folks. Ugly ass white folks wait. Instead of posting it right away, they wait and post it. And why is that? Why, Takesha? Why do they wait? This long to post something. You post up trying to get more likes and more ha-has. Likes and ha-has. <laughs> That's it. That's why they waited. They wanted to get more likes and ha-has. On my Fox 26 page, I posted these images shared Tuesday from Humble Police. A woman wanted for stealing hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise last week from Dillard's at Deerbrook Mall. According to Humble PD, the woman, a possible boyfriend, and her baby in a stroller were confronted by a deputy while leaving the mall with a carrier full of stolen items. While the man was caught, police tell us the woman kept running, leaving behind her baby in stolen clothes in the mall parking lot. Turn me in all you want. Y'all can tell him my name, my first name, last name, all that. I'll be out of jail tomorrow. That don't bother me. I will be out of jail tomorrow. Takesha showing no remorse for trying to steal from Dillard's. I ain't no no probation. I ain't no no parole. I ain't got no hoes. Not agreeing with police on what exactly happened that day. To get on her insane, she left her child and ran. And ran for the the most that'll believe I left my child. And took off running. 
Humble police telling us tonight that if this woman disagrees with what they're telling us, that she can come by to the police station and meet with them. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Hey, Takesha, just go by the police station. Let's corroborate your story with them before we air it. <laughs> Takesha would not be willing to go to the police station if I had to guess. You know, I don't understand these people. I don't understand their behavior. I don't understand why they do the things they do. I don't understand the decisions that they make. But what I do understand is that this person is raising a child. She's she's had a baby. She's allegedly taking care of it. To what extent, we don't know. But it's hers. It's her baby. And she's not just trying to get likes and ahs. She's actually raising a baby. What type of values do you think that baby will have? What will be normal for that baby to see? What will be acceptable for that baby to do? What will mom teach that baby to do in order to survive? Will mom teach that baby, hey, listen, you have to get ahead. You need to work hard. You need to save your money. You need to invest, okay? We are not dealt the hands of fortunate people. We were born in a different state. In order for us to overcome that state, we have to work four times as hard. It's not fair. It is not fair that we are in this position, but we have to do it. You will have to work four times harder than the people around you. You will have to show that you care more. You'll have to try harder at work. No, we're not. she's probably not teaching them that. I don't know what she's teaching them, but if I had to guess, it would be things like, I steal, and if you got to steal, you got to steal too. These people won't do nothing. They can't stop us. They can't catch us. They let us out of jail the next day, so we're going to just keep stealing. And maybe I'm wrong. I sure hope to goodness that my assessment's incorrect and that she's trying to teach her child how to live in such a way that exits the cycle. But 99% of me thinks that's not the case. It's not the case. She has, this woman has no remorse. She has no sorrow. And this woman's point of view, it is acceptable to steal things from someone else that are not yours simply because you want them. And the longer, the longer that we're scared to speak against behavior because the people who are behaving poorly have a specific skin color or nationality or hair color or eye color or toenail color, because that we're not willing to speak out against them, this will perpetuate. This will get worse. There will be people seeing this person saying, I'll be out of jail tomorrow. I'll steal. That's just what I do. And they'll think to themselves, wow, that's what she do. That's what I'm going to do. And we'll see if they try to get likes and ha-ha's from me. You know, and, and the cycle just continues. How does that change? How do we fix it? I'm here to tell you, I do not think that can change unless change happens from within. And what do I mean by that? The change has to happen inside the home. The mother does have to say, I know I told you I was going to take you to soccer this weekend, but I've got to work. We need money to pay the rent, so I won't be able to make your soccer game. That, these are the types of things that have to happen. It, it cannot be just one morning the child wakes up and thinks, you know what, everything that my mom did was wrong, and I, do, I don't want to live that way. That happens so infrequently, it's not even worth talking about. It's more important that we address the situation. I don't know the solution, but I know that we can't ignore it. We can't expect some people to live by rules and other people to not live by those rules. That's extremely confusing. The longer that this continues, the bigger the eruption will be. I don't know what the eruption will look like. I don't know, I don't know how it will go down, but there will be an eruption. There will be an eruption. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the Get your ass off the stage, boy. Alright. For my final trick, I think I'm gonna talk about I got two things. What would you rather hear about? Pit bulls or the fact that media outlets are now indicating that the COVID virus probably leaked from a lab. Which one would you rather hear? Okay, that's fine. I'll save pit bulls for the next one. So as of today, a bunch of journalists, journalist platforms have come out and said, 
Well, we think now that the COVID virus may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Yeah, we know. There's been a certain group of us that have suspected that for about three years now. And it's amazing how much division this brought on that could have all been avoided. But we have people who were running around screaming, We have to do something! We have to do something! We have to do something! Because they couldn't, they didn't have the guts to sit back and say, Wait a minute, let's see how this thing shakes out. In their mind, they're thinking, well, nothing. something is better than nothing. And while this particular example doesn't have anything directly related to doing something or not doing something, I'm going to tie it all together. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, there was an anti-narrative. There was a, 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 a movement in place to squash the narrative that the virus may have leaked out of a lab. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why it was so important to people to say, that's not true. We don't know that. Well, okay, we don't know that. But can we all speculate? Can we all just guess? You know, it's it's becoming taboo to start just taking guesses about what's going to happen in the future. When in reality, we're figuring out that a lot of these things were right. I mean, COVID, COVID caused YouTube and all these platforms to censor you, to, to shut down, to demonetize your video if you said, I think this virus leaked from a lab. Why? Why is that dangerous? Who freaking cares what somebody on YouTube thinks about where the virus came from? This is what's mind-boggling to me. It, and because they're not willing to say who cares, now it's a divisive topic. It's a topic that we're all going to argue about. Where did the virus come from? It came from a lab. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. We're in charge of the platform. You're censored because you say that it did. And now people are coming out saying, oh, well, actually, yeah, well, no, we think it We think it may have. Actually, we think it did. Can we not use this as a learning opportunity to say, hey, it may or may not have come from a lab? We don't know. We have to wait and see. Couldn't the disclaimer say, it's unknown where this virus came from. Nobody knows for sure. We're not saying they're right. We're not saying they're wrong. We're saying that they cannot have 100% factual evidence to say where it came from. Nor can the other side say where it didn't come from. But instead, you have one side who theorizes and the other side, out of sheer animosity or contrarianism, is saying, no, that's not where it came from. And you're a COVID denier. And this is why I like time to settle disagreements. There's no sense on arguing about speculation because it's all just speculation. If I were to say, I think we're going to go to World War III, and somebody goes, you're an idiot. We're not going to go to World War III. You're never going to go to World War III. You're such an idiot. It's stupid for them to take that side of the argument because as time goes on, we'll see who's right or wrong. But when you say never or cannot, you're eliminating all the possibility of maybe. And maybe we can go to World War III. Or maybe it did come out of the virus. Maybe we can just say, hey, we don't know. It may have come from there, and it may not have. In time, we'll tell. But the desire to be right and the desire to be on the right team supersedes all that. It forces people into saying, like, no, you're wrong about your speculation. That will not happen in the future. And who is stupid enough to say that something that, that plausible will never happen into the future? Who's dumb enough to say, well, it didn't come from there, and we know that. Have you ever been there? Do you study viruses? Have you spent time at the Wuhan lab? Do you know how it could have leaked out? No. Of course you don't know any of those details. So how do you possibly think that you can sit there and say, no, that's not where it came from. That is not. It came from a bat at the wet market, okay? First of all, why do you care so much? Second of all, you don't know what you're talking about, and I don't either. That's why I say things like, it could have. We'll see. I think that it probably did. Time will tell. That's it. Time settles all these arguments. And think about how much time 
and energy and resources was wasted by the people who felt the need to demonetize videos whereby people said, hey, we don't think this came from the wet market. We don't think it came from people eating bat meat. We think it came from the virus in Wuhan. How much resources were dedicated to ending that narrative? And for what? Why? Why is it so important that we control people to the point of not allowing them to speculate on where they think that the virus came from? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see how anyone can see that looking back on things, it was a good thing. I really don't. Do people actually think, I bet there, I bet there's some out there, they think that we should have gone harder on the COVID deniers and that we should have come down with more rules and more regulations and more demonetization for the videos that talked about it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I would like to meet some of them. I, I really I would like to sit down and have a beer with them and just hear what they think. But it turned into a religion. It definitely turned into something that people were willing to fight for. And, and, and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why. But all I can say is that someone was behind it. Some entity or group or person or, or something was controlling this thing from a top-down top level. And I know, I know it's tinfoil had to shove me, and that's okay. I'm willing to accept that accusation. This is just my speculation. I think that there were people who were very powerful that were making decisions on how this was going to play out. And that's terrifying. It is terrifying to me. And those same people probably have something to do controlling the, the decisions that Biden is allegedly making. Because we all know he's not making the decisions. We all know there's people behind the scenes that are making the decisions. And imagine being able to make the decisions with no consequences. That would be beautiful. What you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm -hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. That's not awkward. That's not weird right about now. And that's just, that's something that, you know what? If 10 years down the road, it comes out that Obama was talking into Biden's ear, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. And so that's that's what I use as the litmus test, so to speak. I ask myself, if whatever statement were to be true, would I be surprised? And if the answer is no, then you can't sit around and say, they didn't do it, they didn't do it, they didn't do it. Because maybe they did. Because as we're finding out, these people are less and less like humans. They're freaking aliens. They don't live the same way that we do. They don't do the same things for fun that we do. They don't eat the same things. They don't drive the same cars. They're not the same people as us. And I truly think that when our forefathers founded this country, if they would have known there would be such a difference between the average person and the average leader within the government, they would have structured things differently. And I don't know how they need to be structured. I don't know what it needs to look like. But the farther down this road we get, which every year we're getting farther and farther away from what our founders set the government out to look like, the harder it will be to change it to something else. I mean, just look at taxes. Taxes are now, they're, they're no longer a way for people to contribute for the betterment of the country. They're turning into fines. It's, it's basically, oh, you're a billionaire? You need to pay a billionaire tax. And I get it. Billionaire is so far away financially from what the average person has that the average person thinks that the average billionaire should just be able to give up tons and tons of money and it not matter. But in reality, taxes are contributed so that we can all benefit equally from improved things like infrastructure, 
and billionaires don't benefit any more than the guy that runs bulldozers. They all get the same benefit. They should all pay the same amount. The social security system is not designed to redistribute money. It's not designed to take from the rich and give to the poor. It's designed to be a savings account. It's designed for you to contribute money so that when you're old and you can no longer work, you can withdraw that money. But for whatever reason, it's turned into, oh, you make more? Well, you have to contribute more. Well, uh, am I going to get more out? Mm-mm. Nope, you sure aren't. Well, then why would I contribute more? Because you're richer. Huh. So would it be better for me if I weren't quite as rich? Yeah, you wouldn't pay as much in taxes. Well, okay then. I'll figure out a way to be not so rich, at least by your standards. That's where loopholes come from. 40% of your income is 40% of your income. That's it. I don't care. No one will convince me otherwise that there should be a graduated tax system. I do think there should be a line of poverty. If you make below this much, you don't pay much in taxes, or maybe you only pay a little bit. If you make over that, we all pay the same amount. I don't know what that number would be. I'd say probably if you make less than thirty grand a year, maybe your taxes are five percent. If you make over thirty grand a year, ten percent. Ten percent of everything you make, you gotta give away to the government. I'd be okay with that. No deductions, no write offs, nothing. And I know that if we started the government over tomorrow with people who are running it that were efficient and hard workers and competitive and assertive, if you put those people in power, they could make 10% work. The reason it won't work now is because we've blown everything out of control, we waste money, and there's no accountability. I want to whip his behind. That's what I want to do right now. If I thought they wouldn't take me to jail, I'd whip his behind right now. I can't tell you how many times I'm in that position, or I've been in that position. If I thought they wouldn't take me to jail, I would whip his behind. That's the story of my life. I do not want to go to jail. Ain't never been to jail. Don't never want to go to jail. I'll do a lot to not go to jail. Niggas always want some credit for some shit they supposed to do. <laughs> for some shit they just supposed to do. A nigga will brag about some shit a normal man just does. A nigga will say some shit like, I take care of my kids. You're supposed to be a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what kind of ignorant shit is that? I ain't never been to jail. What, you want a cookie? Not many people said better than Chris Rock, in my opinion. I guess it's not really much different than um, I'm allowed to say things about my girlfriend, but you're not allowed to say things about my girlfriend. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that that's over an hour, and I do know that I'm going to end the episode. I will save the topic of Pibbles for another time. Lots of you know my stance on pit bulls. For those of you who don't, if you started listening within the last year or so, you're going to get to hear my take on pit bulls in the next episode or two. Don't think I'll have an episode next week. I will be out of town in Mexico. Um, going for uh, vacations. I haven't been on vacations in like three años. I'm going to Mexico. So that is it. This wraps up another episode of Life in Paradise podcast, the only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with the title. Now's the time to go to worldsbesthammocks.com. Pick yourself up a fine and fancy hammock. They're big. They're soft. They're comfy. They're durable. They're fabulous. They're beautiful. I don't know what else you could want in a hammock. It is killing me that we're not selling hardly any... (laughs) Hardly any of these things. Listen, I get it. E-commerce is a tough industry. We're just getting started. But if you've ever thought about buying a hammock, go to worldsbesthammocks.com. And I know that people only buy things on Amazon today, but we haven't made it there yet. I'm headed there. One day, we will be on Amazon. Until then, I'm going to keep plugging worldsbesthammocks.com. Thanks again for listening to Life in Paradise podcast. Hope everyone has a great week. I encourage you to go out there, be a person of convictions. Don't get into 
battle about the unknowns of the future, let time settle the disagreement. If you ever see two homeless people fighting about a dog, the best way to settle it is to run over there and put the dog in the ground and tell the people to call the dog and whoever the dog goes to is the owner of the dog. If you catch someone stealing clothes and leaving their babies behind, do not wait and post it on Facebook in order to get the likes and ha-has. Remember that the media is only out for clicks and they will do whatever it takes. And that includes putting people in front of you who are very comfortable on camera in order to help convince you of their narrative. Once again, thanks for listening and keep it tranquil. Let's get faded. Libraries for like six days. Gold bottles, soul models, spilling ace on my sick days. So also her bitch behave. Just might let you meet gay. Shot towns, B rolls, moving the next BK. Also her motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. Also her motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to crawl for your bar. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. That shit crack. That shit crack. Ain't it, Jay? What she order? What she order? Fish filet. Yo, whip so cold. So cold. This whole thing. Like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again Who's your girl? Grab her hand Fuck that bitch, she don't wanna dance She's my friends, but I'm in France <laughs> I'm just saying Prince Williams ain't do it right If you ask me Cause I was him, I would've Mary Kay and Ashley Was Gucci my nigga? Was Louis my killer? Was drugs my dealer? What's that jacket, Margiela? Doctors say I'm the illest Cause I'm suffering from realness Got my niggas in Paris And they going gorillas, huh? know what that means no one knows what it means but it's provocative no it's not it's gets gross. the people going